Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I was here Thursday night, and uh, the adults were having far more fun than the uh, junior hires were. Actually, it was the coolest event because uh, I've been in a lot of junior high events. The only disappointment was that there was no, no one threw up. And, and in a junior high event, that's how you determine the true success of the event. And um, so, yeah, there was uh, that only one thing didn't happen. But um, it was great. It was fun. It was amazing to see the kids. And not one junior high kind of hung back or everybody was involved. They all had fun. It was a great experience and it was fun to watch. And so uh, very, very good job, Josh and Taylor and the whole t- youth ministry team. It was great. And so uh, very excited to see our youth getting together and doing some fun things like that. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm absolutely humbled by your generosity. Um, as I get older, it seems like I cry easier. Um, and I cry pretty easy already. Um, so I'm going to try not to do that. But I just am so grateful to be have any kind of label called pastor. And especially pastor here. Um, I believe with all my heart that God spent 35 years training me to be the pastor of Journey Church. And um, I don't believe that because you guys are difficult. <laughs> it's probably more because I'm the hard head and it took 35 years to get me there. But um, I'm so excited and so privileged to be a part of this body. And uh, I, I call myself the, the bellwether sheep um, in, in a sheep. In a flock of sheep, there's always that, that sheep that kind of has a bell around its neck and, and it follows the shepherd. And hopefully that's what I am with you and that we are all just in the same flock following Jesus. Yeah. And I love that. I hope that's the way it comes across and I hope that's the way um, we continue to experience God and God together. Milo, thank you for a great worship this morning. It was really good. And I love that last song. Today is uh, it's more Memorial Day weekend, and I don't want to take uh, a minute just to recognize anybody that has um, uh, served our country. And so, if you would just for for a brief moment, if you if you are serving our country, if you have served our country in any uh, <clears throat> any capacity in any branch of service, um, and if you have a loved one who has passed on, and it, uh, and you are here to to be. To, to memorialize their lives. Would you just stand for a moment and let us recognize you? Thank you so much for serving our country. It's very much an under-recognized group of people that have given us the privilege of freedom, and thank you so much for everything you've done in our lives. We're in a series um, called high gear, living above average. And I hope you're enjoying that. Um, I hope you're enjoying the, the reality of understanding that God had no intention for you and I to live below average. In fact, he says in John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life over the top, life abundantly, life beyond our imaginations, life above average. And that's the intention that God has for us. We're not intended to live in this, in this crazy world of fear, 
No, we're, we're here to live a, a, in a world of faith. We're not here to live with a, 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 uh, a lesser perspective of life. We're here to live with a full perspective of life and to live a life that goes way beyond average, way beyond our uh, limited understanding. And today I want to deal with a low gear and a high gear perspective of life, and that's called foolishness versus wisdom. Foolishness versus wisdom. I don't think you have to guess which one is the low gear. Okay? Foolishness. Have you ever heard someone say, um, use your head? Have you ever heard that? Did anyone ever say that to you? I've heard it said many times, okay, to me. My dad especially was a guy who was like, use your head, come on. But you know what was interesting about that one statement? Is that he, said, he was implying that I had knowledge that should be used. I had something in my head that I wasn't using. He, he was pointing out to the fact that there was something in there, hopefully, that you aren't using. Have you ever heard of, where is your mind right now? Where is your mind? You're, you're, you're not acting like what we believe is in your, in your mind. What about the, what were you thinking when you did that? Well, I, I kind of wasn't. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking, you know. Um, that, that, that was something my dad asked when I pulled out in front of a Mack truck. Um, he asked, what were you thinking? And I told him, I, had I been thinking, I would not have pulled out in front of the back truck. And uh, it was a bad experience. <clears throat> um, do you understand what you just did? Isn't that funny? If, if, if we could answer that question ahead of time, if we could answer the question, will I understand what I did after I did it? Um, and, and the impact and the, the breadth of influence that that particular decision made, I might have a little more wisdom in my life. But those questions imply that we aren't using the knowledge that we have. Or we don't have the knowledge, and therefore what we're doing, it doesn't even make sense because we're, we're, we're doing things that, that have no basis for understanding. The whole idea of foolishness is this, is that this is kind of some definitions of it, is the lack of wisdom or discretion. That's an easy one, right? Foolishness is the lack of wisdom, because the opposite of foolishness is wisdom, and we'll talk about that in a a minute. Another definition of foolishness is dull. Dull. You're just dull. Don't look at your neighbor and say you're dull, but, you know, um, that's another definition, stupid is another term. You know, we encourage our kids not to say that. You're stupid. Um, Lack of sense. Just no sensibility, no rationale. Um, Empty-headedness. That's a fair one. If you're making foolish decisions, maybe there's just nothing there to make a decision with. Right? There's some parenting schools that tell you that your kids have this bank in their head. And if you don't invest in the bank, if you don't put anything in the bank, they have nothing to withdraw from. And so the, the wisdom is, and, and the smart part is to in, infuse our kids with wise thoughts. Maybe read Proverbs together all the time, or whatever the case may be, but this empty-headedness. Foolishness is the result of a person misusing the intelligence God has given him. A, a fool uses his reasoning skills to make wrong decisions versus right decisions. That's the craziness, is a, foolish, a fool is someone who takes the smarts they have and use it for stupid reasons or dull reasons. 
or lack of sense reasons or empty-headedness. And so you take fool a, a, a bit further and then you, you see that foolishness doesn't mean that you don't have smarts. It just means you might not be using them. And that's, that's a key to the whole idea of foolishness. Have you ever looked at someone who has achieved or is achieving what you wish to achieve and said, I wish I could do that? You ever seen somebody like that? You know, I, I don't know who that would be. I don't want to suggest a model of, of thinking out there, you know, but there's some really smart people, but they've achieved crazy things. And you're like, why is it that they achieve crazy things and I'm not? Or why are they achieving crazy things and, and someone else isn't? It just seems like they both have the same level of intelligence. Well, one person has learned to use what they have for the benefit of themselves or others, and the other person is not taking what they have and not using it for the benefit of others. That's the, that's the whole difference. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It's taking knowledge and applying it to our circumstance, our situation. But even further than that, it's taking that knowledge and applying it to what's good. If we want to take it to the moral level, it's what's good for me and, and, and the people around me. And so the difference is between wisdom and foolishness is taking this applied knowledge. And it's the ability to take knowledge and apply it to a situation or circumstance to achieve the best outcome. So you can look at your life. We can look at our lives and we could say, okay, what is the outcome of my life? Am I using my life wisely or am I using my wife, my life, not wife? That's a very bad mistake, okay? No, no. Cut that from the recording. Okay, am I using my life wisely and is there a good outcome? That's the intention of living above average. Is that if we will use our, our lives wisely, then we will see an outcome that creates the opportunity for us to experience life above average. But if we use it foolishly, then we're going to live in low gear. We're going to live in that gear that, that, that causes more damage than good, that, that makes more mistakes than makes more success. And so let's talk about what Scripture uh, talks, uh, talks about. Well, first let me go there, here. I was a certified welder coming out of high school. So I went to, uh, when I was in high school, this is when they used to teach real t skills. In high, I mean, um, that was not meant to be a political s statement, but um, so I went to school. I went to, I got, went to welding class, and I got my, my certification for welding. I go to a welding shop, a, an irrigation shop, and there's some crazy stories about this irrigation shop, but I won't tell them right now. But I, I go there, and I, I say, hey, I am a certified structural steel welder. And they said, so? And I'm like, hold on. I, I, I'm like, here's my certification card. I, I passed my test. said, well, you, you're probably smart about welding, but can you weld? I'm like, oh. Well, I think I can weld. So they put me in there, and uh, sure enough, I don't know how to weld the way they weld. And so even though I had welding knowledge, I didn't have welding wisdom. Because I couldn't apply it to the circumstance. So they say, okay, obviously you have the skill of seeing 
of putting metal together, but we want you to put metal together the way we do it, so here's how to do it. So I had to go and learn. See, I, I had all the knowledge, but I didn't have the wisdom, right? And I had, the, I had to go through this training. I think that's true of Christians today. I think many of us in this room, some, well, I shouldn't say many. Let me just, some of us in this room are over Bible studied. You say, Pastor, that doesn't sound like something that should come out of a pastor's mouth. And I, 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 I'm just being blunt. I think some of us have so much knowledge, but we've failed to put it to practice. That we've spent too much time in Bible studies and not enough time on the streets talking to people and meeting people and understanding how this Bible actually appeals and applies to life. One of the most important things that ever happened to me is when I burnt out, I went into the corporate world and I, I, I began to live my faith outside of the church walls. And when I learned that my faith was real, that because my whole career I'd been a, a pastor. I was a youth pastor and then I became a, a, a lead pastor and then I burnt out, and then I had to leave the ministry, and I got into the corporate world as a district manager of a, of, of a Fortune 500 company, and I'm, I'm meeting these people, and they're real people, and they're real circumstances, and they're cussing, and they're swearing, and they're having marital issues, and all these things, and I kind of lived, and that some of those things were true in, in the church, but not really. I mean, I preached a lot of things that were ideal, and everything was kind of theoretical, not practical. And I learned that um, I had been living kind of the idyllic understanding of life instead of the real understanding of life. And when the truck drivers would come into my office and they would shut the door, I knew as soon as they shut the door, my faith was what they were seeking. And what I learned is that I was starting to apply my Christianity to real life instead of just this ideal life. And I think it was so important for me to experience that th there's real things that happen out here. There's, there's non-Christians that would give the shirt off their back for my life. And then there's Christians that would have nothing to do with me. There were guys that would come into my office and they say, Hey, Ricardo, we're going to go to the bar afterwards. Would you like to go? Believe it or not, that was the most important invitation that I could ever receive. Because they knew I didn't drink. But they knew that they, they treasured the, the opportunity for me to be with them. You see, when life becomes real and we apply our faith to reality, that's wisdom. When we apply our, our Bible study and how much we understand about Ruth and, and Esther and we understand about David and Jeremiah and Jesus and Peter and all these people that we study in these Bible studies, all important things to study, all important things to do, but if we never put it to life, it's not wisdom. It's just knowledge. It's just knowledge. Here's what foolishness does. Foolishness does this, and we're going to walk through several things. Psalm, 1, Psalm 14.1 says this. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. 
So the first thing that a fool does is deny truth. They deny the actuality of truth. We can't, we can't get by truth. But fools do it. And we see it in our world today where uh, regardless of the evidence, truth is subjective. And that's not good. That's foolishness. That's a, a, an unhealthy way to think when truth is right in front of your face, but you choose to, to believe something different. That's a denial of truth. That's foolishness. Foolishness starts early. Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, Foolish folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. That's something that we need to place into our, our context of parenting and our context of understanding that all of us were born fools or born foolish and we all have it in our hearts and if you just look at a two-year-old and you see what they do sometimes and you tell them don't do that now they have the knowledge of don't do that but they don't connect don't do that but don't do that some of us adults have that problem <laughs> Foolishness is counterproductive. Proverbs 19, uh, 3 says, A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. It's like this counterproductive thing. We, we, we're against God and, and we think our own way is a good way, but it brings us to ruin. The Bible says there, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And so foolishness is thinking that we have it all together instead of depending and trusting on God's ways. The measurements of foolishness are some, somewhat <clears throat> obvious, or at least uh, the Bible thinks so. Proverbs 14, 16 says, The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. Doesn't that sound like somebody you might know? Somebody who just like get, I mean, just in a second they get angry and they feel so confident that's foolishness. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels, in, uh, feels secure. A fool is a liar. Foolishness is lying. Proverbs 14.8, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So be careful around people who don't tell the truth, who have evidence of not, not being truthful, uh, foolishness is anger against God. Proverbs 19.3, person's own folly leads to their ruin. We read that already. Yet their hearts rages against the Lord. People who live foolish lives live angry against God. Your outcomes are matching your actions. That's another sign of foolishness. Proverbs 14.24, wealth, the wealth of the wise is their crown. But the folly of fools yields folly. So the fruit of a foolish person is foolishness. And that's where we end up. So let's, let's, let's dive out of the negative. Let's get it away from foolishness. Let's talk about the, the treasure that we have in wisdom. Proverbs 8, 1 uh, through 21 says this. And I'm going to read it from the message version of the Bible. Um, because it's, it's, a very, it's kind of a storytelling kind of version. Um, but Proverbs 8 one says this, and it's a little bit lengthy, so hang in there with me, but I'm going to try and read it like this person is talking to us. Uh, do you hear Lady Wisdom calling? Can you hear Madame Insight raising her voice? 
She's taken her stand at 1st and Main at the busiest intersection. Right in the city square where the traffic is thickest, she shouts, You, I'm talking to all of you, everyone out there on the streets. Listen, you idiots. Learn good sense. You blockheads, shape up. Don't miss a word of this. I'm telling you how to live well. I'm telling you how to live at your best. My mouth chews and savors and relishes truth. I can't, I can't stand the taste of evil. You'll only hear true and right words from my mouth. Not one syllable will be twisted or skewed. You'll recognize this is true. You, you with open minds, truth-ready minds, will see it at once. Prefer my life disciplines over chasing after money and, good, and God knowledge over a lucrative career. For wisdom is better than all the trappings of wealth. Nothing you could wish for holds a candle to her. I am Lady Wisdom. And I live next to sanity. Knowledge and disgrace live just down the street. The fear of God means hating evil. For whose, uh, whose ways I hate with a passion. Pride and arrogance and, and crooked talk. Good counsel and common sense are my characteristics. I am both insight and the virtue to live out. With my help, leaders rule and lawmakers legislate fairly. With my help, governors govern along with all, illi- along, along with all illegitimate authority. I love those who love me. Those who look for me find me. Wealth and glory accompany me. Also substantial honor and a good name. My benefits are worth more than a big salary, even a very big salary. The returns on me exceed any imaginable bonus. You can find me on Righteous Road. That's where I walk. At the intersection of Justice Avenue, handing out life to those who love me, filling their arms with life, armloads of life. Isn't that a great picture of wisdom? I love the, the contrast between what wisdom hates and what wisdom loves. And what the benefits of wisdom and, and, and the, the, the curses, if you will, of wisdom. The lady at the gate offers knowledge. She offers discipline. She offers long life. She offers happiness, success, and wealth. All things that we consider blessing are found in the context of wisdom, not foolishness. And I think it's so important that we embrace wisdom, that we embrace this, this very characteristic that will carry us along in life instead of hurt us and damage us. You see, as I said earlier, wisdom is applied knowledge. An application, one author says, an application of the mind for the good of all. It is the ability to take knowledge and apply it to a situation or circumstance to achieve the best outcome. So how do we get wisdom? Where does it start? It starts with the fear of God. The fear of God and an understanding of who God is in our lives. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts, his word, his truth, have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. And so the very beginning, what we have to start with, is the fear of the Lord. If we've lost that fear, if we've lost that respect, that honor, that, that awe of God, 
then likely we will fall into the trap of foolishness. Because we, we need to understand that all of our lives are wrapped around the very nature of who God is. God is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. He is everything to everything. And we must understand that. He is all, part of all of our lives. One of the things that I'm teaching uh, students at, at our university right now is, is this idea that the Hebrew concept of whole was everything in our lives. The, the Western concept of whole is every piece of pie is its own piece of pie. But the Hebrew concept is the whole pie belongs together. And so everything about wisdom should infect our lives, should go through our entirety of when we wake up, when we go to work, when we play, when we uh, uh, are doing all the things that we do in our lives, no matter what it is, where we work, all these things are all part of fearing the Lord. And the fear of the Lord should infuse uh, our, our thinking in every area of our lives. And so let's kind of abandon the Western thought of compartmentalizing everything and put God into everything. So he's involved in the whole pie instead of just a slice of the pie. And so we don't live our faith at church. We live our faith in life. Does that make sense? You guys with me? All right. You can amen anytime. If you don't, I'm going to have to start. Okay? <clears throat> just kidding. <clears throat> Wisdom requires humility. Proverbs 13.10 says, Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom in, is found in those who take advice. So if you're a learner, you're, likely going, you're more likely to be wise than if you're someone who says, I know it all. I got it all together. I, I have my own wisdom. I have my own thoughts. I know we need the Bible. We need God's word in our lives. So the wise are learners. Proverbs 8, 10, and 11 says, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. Excuse me, for, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Good, good scripture. We are learners. Wisdom are long livers. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So you'll live longer just being wise. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm 62. I'm going to live till I'm 99. Hopefully, hopefully, if I stay wise. Wise people are Bible-centered. Psalm 119, 98 and 99 says, Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. That's a little bit an arrogant statement, but um, I think David had a right to say it. Right? Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I think that's really powerful that we, as long as we stay Bible-centered and Bible, infusing the Bible into our lives, we can be um, wise. Wisdom, wise people are evil haters. Proverbs 8.13 says, the, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. That's the lady wisdom speaking again. Wise people are God followers. Hosea 14.9 says this, Who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. 
The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. And so wise people are God followers. And I encourage you guys, today, let's make every effort to follow after God with all our heart in every area of our lives. Like I said, back to that corporate experience that I had, I'd learned that my, my faith was real. I had I'd been a pastor for the first 13, 14 years of my career, and then I burn out, and then I go into the corporate world, and I was, I was wondering, what will I be like when I'm not a pastor? And I found out that my Christianity wasn't attached to that. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it didn't define me as a Christian. That my faith in Jesus was real and that now I can take what I know and understand and apply it to this real world life. And I may be giving a bad picture of what a pastor looks like today, but too often we get kind of stuck in the bubble and it's so important that we get out of the bubble. That's why I don't like having all our meetings and all of our groups and everything happen in this building because I believe outside of this building is where the truth has to be applied and where God does some great things in our lives. And I I just believe that the opportunity to kind of deny ourselves the privilege or the the comfort of being in the four walls is, is a good thing. It's good to gather, inspire, motivate, have these meetings like this, but to live our faith in these walls is not what God intended. It's to be out there and to do what God has called us to do. I think there's one story in Scripture that um, truly does give us a, a clear picture of wisdom and foolishness. Matthew seven twenty four says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, what is it? Practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against this house, that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the, sto- the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I can't sing the whole song because I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like, <clears throat> the wise man built his house upon the rock. Wise man built his house upon the rock. Wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. Rain. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And <clears throat> very good. But it's really funny that we teach our kids to sing this song. And then we have the house crashing. Can you imagine what those kids are feeling? No. Mommy, did you build a house on the rock? <laughs> kind of crazy. But the, the whole idea is understanding that if we don't take what we have inside and apply it to life, it's foolish living. I want to encourage each of us today to get beyond that foolish side of life. Get beyond that, that, that I, and I think this is the, the kind of the, 
the, the way many Christians live is we got all the knowledge, but we don't know how to put it to practice. We don't know how to go out there and live the abundant life, which can only be lived in faith. And so when God tells us to do something, we have to go do it, not just think it, not just know it, not just understand it, but put it to practice. And let God do the work and let God do... We, we live so average when God wants us to live so supernatural and above average. And we have the knowledge, we have the Bible studies, we have all that stuff, but we don't have the practice. And I think it's so important that we put our feet to the, 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 the road and get going. And understand that we have to, it's foolishness to just have knowledge and not do anything with it. And I pray today that what God is speaking to our church is this. Fear God. Revere Him in every aspect of your life. Know that He's involved. He's in, 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 inside of you. And he, the temple of God goes wherever you go because you are the temple. He inhabits you, and so the Holy Spirit wants to move in and through you and work in your life. He wants to do great things. Apply ourselves to learning, yes, but we have to apply our learning to faith. That means doing things. Apply our faith to actions, making sure that we're not just sitting on our hands, sitting on our knowledge, but we're doing something great for God with what we know. And trust me, there, we were talking this morning about... Um, how much do we need to pray about? Well, we need to have a prayer life. We should have a prayer life. And, and it, the, the whole point of the prayer life is to have a relationship with God. Not just a discipline for God, but a relationship with Him. That's what prayer is all about. And then we, what we know to do, go do it. Should I share my faith with my friend? That's not a prayer you need to pray. Go do it. You know the Bible has said, go and make disciples of all nations. Many of us know and understand that we need to go and influence people for Christ. We need to go and serve the needy. We need to go and do great things for God. Those are things that you, if the opportunity is there, do it. Amen? Amen. We, need to, we need to be active for God. And foolishness is knowing that we should be active for God, but we're not. And I believe that God is calling journey. I believe he's calling the church. I believe he's calling the big C church, not just the little C church. And he's calling the church to get up and do something. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Foolishness is just sitting on our hands, wanting another Bible study. Well, I'm not quite ready to be what Jesus wants me to be. I need to understand more about the Greek and Hebrew. No, you don't. Get out and do something. Get out there and do, take your knowledge that you have and you'll find that the knowledge that you have is far greater than you'll ever imagine with God's anointing and power in your life. Amen? Amen. All right. <clears throat> no more fools here. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this message that helps us all to understand, Lord, that we can overlearn and underact in our lives. That we can overlearn about you and we can have all the knowledge of you but not live a life worthy of you because we're not obeying you. We're not walking in the truth. We're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not walking like you want us to walk even though we know how to walk. 
And so Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for everyone, myself included in this room, that we would live at a higher level, that we would live in a high gear of wisdom, of understanding that we put our knowledge to our, our feet and our hands and our mouths and our ears and our eyes, that we get active in you. We do great things for you. We get bold in you because we know and understand what you want us to do and we are obedient to do it. Help us, God, to apply the knowledge we have about you. Help us to share your, our faith with others. Help us, God, to walk in the truth of your gospel. Help us, Lord, to not ignore truth, but to apply it to our lives. And I thank you and I praise you that that will bring a revival of hope, a revival of love, a revival of power, a revival of, of life into the church, God, that we have, have been missing because we, we, want, we, we fear. We want more knowledge when the knowledge we have is enough. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would move in us today. Bring us from foolishness to wisdom. Bring us to that place where we are seeing you move in our lives because we are acting on the truth that we know and understand. I pray your blessing on every heart and every person in this room. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Maybe you're here today and you have realized that you've been denying the truth. Maybe you've been kind of confronted with the truth that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior and you're kind of putting it to the side. And today's the day. Today's the day you make that decision. Jesus, I realize it's not about me. It's about you. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to walk in wisdom, not just knowledge or not just denying you. Maybe you're here today and you want, you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is say this, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And based on the work he did on the cross, he'll forgive you of your sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. And based on that reality that he was resurrected, you now have eternal life. And commit to follow him for the rest of your life. Just say this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. I accept your forgiveness. I accept the fact that I am a child of the King, that you have forgiven me of all my sin, and I receive that forgiveness today. And I believe that you were raised from the dead, and that you live eternally, and I will live eternally with you, and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.